0: Welcome to the next podcast episode of the book, The Gray Stage, authored by Greg Fernandez, Jr. Today is episode number 15. We'll be covering chapter 9 in the book. With us is Greg Fernandez. How are you doing today, Greg?
1: Hey, I'm doing very good, Dan. Thank you for uh, for joining us here. I appreciate that, as always.
0: Great. We're going to be, uh, for those following along at home, we'll be on page 70, if you're following along in the book, There's an item called, a section called Item 53 is where we're going to be starting today. Also joining us is uh, Sophia, Catherine, and Stephen, and I think uh, Anne as well. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, how you doing? So what I'll do for the episode here tonight, uh, um, I'll read it, and then I'll I'll read a couple paragraphs, and we'll have some discussion about uh, some of the details, and I'll move along uh, from there. So let's get started. On January 20th, 2015, Biotech Emergency Services, the company hired to clean the crime scene, was in the process of removing items from the residence when a mushroom bullet, item 53, rolled out of the living room carpet. This spent cartridge had some white material on the surface, weighed 169.54 grams, and was found with an expanded nose. Quote, I was con- contacted by the cleanup team while they were in process. Detective Sean McKnight wrote in his report about item 53. They stated that they had located a bullet that had been rolled up in the carpet. The bullet had rolled out under the hardwood floor that had already been cleaned, end quote. A lot of information there. Where should we start, Greg?
1: Well, I think... Um you know, the main thing is when this bullet was was found. Um, the bullet was found on January 20th, which is you know, if the police didn't leave until January 18th, that's two days later. We could say three days, uh, whatever it is. It's that's a that's a big deal that I think gets kind of overlooked and I think as we go on here, as we look at some of these documents too, we're going to see that that it's kind of item 53, and, and even me, when I first looked at this stuff, I didn't really pay that much focus to item 53. It was other people in our group, thank God for all these other people in our group who were looking at, at these documents and pointed out some of these strange things that we're gonna see about item 53, But. The fact that it rolled out of the living room carpet, it's fascinating. It's baffling. I don't understand how that's even possible. So can anybody, does anybody have any idea, shed any light on how a bullet, a magic bullet, one of two magic bullets, how does the bullet not get found when the police leave, when the investigators leave, when the BCA team leaves the sheriff's office? All these people that are in this house, and nobody sees this bullet that rolls out of, of a carpet, of the living room carpet, where the bodies were taken out.
0: So, so if I could uh, start off there, Greg. Uh, for, for the newer listeners out there, you know, the bodies were found January 17th, and they were there, they conducted uh, uh, the investigation, cleaned everything up on the 18th, uh, 19th, The cleaning crew was already in there. And now this is the 20th. This is day two of the cleaning service. And by rolling out, I think what happened is that they rolled up the carpet to clean underneath it. Uh, The living room in the Crowley family doesn't have carpet on the the floor or attached to the floor. It's a hardwood floor. Uh, But there's an area rug. And I think this is what they're referring to here is the area rug when they refer to the carpet. So the cleaners, I think, rolled up the rug to get it out of the way so they can clean mop and you know mop up the floor and that's when it came out um, that's my impression is that what you think uh, uh, as well Greg yeah yeah that's okay
1: the way that I read it at least given them yeah looking at their documents, and,
0: and maybe Stephen would know what would be the white white uh, material found on the surface and then it depends on it weighing 169 grams uh, to those of us not in law enforcement does that mean anything to us uh, Stephen, um, what the, what the weight well, is? well you know
2: yeah you know I, I looked this up earlier because it's been a while but the, the nine millimeter the bullet weight uh, is anywhere from 115 to 165 grams or grains um, it, some people call them grams or grains but it's 165 is the highest and what, what did you say the bullet weight was 140
3: something uh, 169.54 grams
2: Oh, okay, so it was a heavy load at 165 is a max on nine millimeter uh, I think that bullet possibly guys the way it went, went into the ceiling it, That's what the white stuff is sheetrock and it, it just from the angle didn't stick and it dropped out
0: And well, that is what I'm okay, thinking. Okay, so we've got a 40 caliber uh, Mushroom not a nine millimeter and this oh, I'm not, so sorry. This is not the bullet that went to the ceiling This was found in the carpet uh, oh, oh, oh,
2: I'm so sorry. Okay. And gotcha.
0: the other thing, I think, I think what you're getting at, Greg, on your first question was how did it come out? I think, I think the, it was just embedded into that rug, therefore no one saw it sitting on the top. And when they rolled it, it came out from the bottom is probably what happened.
4: Uh, Or it could have easily, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Dan, but it could have easily (laughs) also rolled underneath the sofa and um, as they're moving furniture and they're getting stuff out of the way and then as they're starting to roll up the rug, um, you know, then it falls out. When you're looking at um, how they say it was found three feet, one inch from the the south wall and one foot ten inches from the kitchen i mean when you're looking at at their um, description of where this was found it sounds to me like it was really close to to the main wall that had the writing on it in blood so that would put it real close to where the sofa was so maybe my thought is maybe it after whatever it rolled underneath the sofa nobody saw it and you know until they're rolling it up and then poof it falls out
1: hmm, that would make sense yeah Okay, and the carpet
4: was underneath the sofa, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so that would make sense.
1: But then, what is this white stuff? What is?
4: I, I you know, and that's why I was asking to look at those photos. I don't see any white stuff. So, but of course, we don't see the um, the mushroom den, but that's actually lying on the floor. But yeah, the whites that, and they don't really clarify. I've been trying to find that.
1: Yeah, that's that's part of uh, Joe Cooksley's notes. That was something that I just kind of noted there because I was trying mm-hmm. to find anything on item 53, um, and I couldn't I really couldn't find that much on it. But um, so I don't know what the white stuff is. Like you said, we only have what four or five photos of that bullet, and we only, you know, and they only film it or um, they only have photos of of the bullet where it lands. So like you said, we don't really know. Where the bullet was, they don't know where the bullet was, and maybe that's why it's not included in any of their 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 diagrams, which is something I want to talk about later.
0: And the other thing, for this uh, important thing to note for the listeners here, uh, this is January 20th, so this is day two of the cleaners. Now we have to keep in mind that January 19th, the day before, is when several members of David Crowley's Gray State team, project team, were in the house doing something that caused uh, a neighbor to call 911 for suspicious activity. So they were already in the house at this time the day before. So the cleaning had not been done yet. The cleaning had been started but the cleaning of the house had not been concluded. So this was day two and I think they wrapped up on this day. So they were just doing the final cleanup here and uh, that's when they found this this bullet. And so you've got to remember the the Gray State guys have already been s- sitting in the living room on those couches or, or whatever, uh, you know, the very day before, in the process of the cleaning taking place. And so Stephen might be able to answer this. Wouldn't the house the house would be secured, um, right? Because the cleaning is still being done. Um, but would the scene still be all uh, taped off with yellow tape at this point, or was it cleared at that point from that from the investigator's perspective?
2: You know what, um, the ones we always it, it did even have a, a cop parked outside. I mean, it kind of crime scene like that until everybody got out of there because cleaning companies you know I mean, look what they found.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. yeah, and they had yeah, to, I mean
2: yeah. they had to call the uh, cops
1: to, to tell them that this bullet was yeah. there. What about the weight? What do you think about the weight of this? Is that? Um, is that I mean? Is that relevant? I put that in here to try to figure out the weight of the different bullets. I wish I had the weight of the other bullets right up here with me, but um, I was very curious right. about that weight because obviously, if it, it goes right through this daughter's head, which is what we are talking about, mm-hmm. back of the ear, it looks like, um, mm-hmm. not that much is gonna. It's not gonna take that much weight off of it, right? So I don't know. 169 grams almost 170
2: yeah the highest of the 40 caliber heights the highest it goes up is about 180 on a load so 165 is a common load so that had more oh, weight on it
4: you're right um Steven it says on the box this is 180 grams
2: oh wow good to know okay yeah that yeah, they get about seven or different sizes but one hundred sixty five plus whatever is on it maybe you get a hundred and sixty five grain too.
1: So does that help us see how far it would have traveled from hitting the daughter and then going into this magic area that nobody, in, none of the investigators or anybody in the house can find it until three days later when they're told about it by this biotech emergency services?
2: Yeah, both the bullet could change angles and everything and after it struck bone or struck something else.
1: And it couldn't have traveled too far, right? Because that living room, Dan no. might know this, because Dan's been in the actual living room here. It, mm-hmm. couldn't, it couldn't have gone that far. Um, trying to understand maybe the the distance of where the daughter would have to have been shot, close range, and maybe um, maybe Catherine or Sophia or Anne kind of know more about that because they've looked extensively over and over at the. <laughs> the aut- autopsies and um about the suit and the stippling and all that stuff maybe there's some interesting stuff there <laughs> i haven't looked at it in a while but to understand how close the bullet was when it when when she was shot i think would be would be something that i thought that the investigators would have look deeper into the fact that they really don't mention item 53 that much is very bothersome and i think many people looking into the case just don't don't know that they really don't know that and looking at the documents i can i can see why
0: well another thing is they may want to uh, diminish it to some extent because it's it's once again it's something that they missed Mm-hmm. Item fifty-seven, they missed, and so they tried to downplay it. Item fifty-three, they missed, and they tried to down downplay it. I think is uh, the embarrassment is is part of it. I think mm-hmm.
1: that would make sense. Mm-hmm. And I
3: don't them. think a lot of people understand that that living room was pretty small. Uh, after you look at the photos and you get an idea of where everything wires I'm I'm I was surprised to find that it was as small as it
0: was. Because, yeah, it's not a big uh, it's not a big room um, being in it. Uh, and I was in it, you know, it, so it's not that large of a room to begin with, but yes, uh, it puts it into perspective when you see how close uh, close quarters everything is um, on site there. Exactly.
1: So when they say they, they stated that they had located a bullet that had been rolled up in the carpet. Um, so they they roll up the carpet with the bullet in there and the bullet rolled out under the hardwood floor that had already <laughs> been cleaned. I'm having a hard time understanding this, but I think Catherine, I think I think <laughs> you kinda hit it there, kinda shows that it was underneath the it, the bullet went through the carpet. Is that what you're kind of saying, Catherine? Is that what no,
4: thinking? actually, I mean, I don't know if it went through the, the rug or not. I mean, um, looking at the photos, it, uh, there's some white fibers stuck within the, the mushroomed portion of the fragment. To me, that looks like part of the rug is stuck inside there. But I'm just saying that but it, wherever it came from, did it bounce off something? I don't know. Or did it just come i hate to sound so crude but did it just exit and um then roll after you know it came exited the the head did it then roll underneath the couch i'm just saying somehow some, it's a possibility hmm. that maybe it rolled underneath the couch and that's why it wasn't found until they're rolling up the rug
0: and, Greg, I think I see what you're talking about as far as uh, the comment. I think he worded it wrong the way Scott, uh, Sean McKnight wrote this. You're, you're you're getting stuck on, I think, Greg, where it says the bullet rolled out under the hardwood floor. Right. <laughs>
4: well, right.
0: It, it obviously didn't roll under the hardwood floor. It rolled out under the carpet and bounced around and landed on, the hard, on top of the hardwood floor. But the way Sean McKnight has it worded is that he actually does say it went under the hardwood floor. So that, that's... Obviously an error is what I'm, I'm guessing is how he meant it. Yeah. He didn't yeah. mean to, to write it like
1: that. Yeah, I think he kind of meant under the, under the rug. It, the way that I really read it is under the rug, but yeah, I mean obviously it didn't go under the hardwood floor. So,
0: But they had it, it sounds to me like they rolled up that, that area rug first to clean the hardwood floor. And then while they were unrolling it perhaps or moving around, that, that rolled up carpet already, it came out
1: that's how I understood it. Okay. Yeah. While they were moving it, once it's rolled up and while they're moving it out of the house, then it then it rolls up, which is also kind of weird when you look at where and and I I will add in this in the video version I'll add some of the few photos that we do have. But when you look at where it landed, it pretty much landed on the same wall where the blood writing was. So, that's also another curious thing. By this time, the couch has obviously moved um It had to, I'm guessing, but I'm assuming that it would have had to have been moved. Based on the photo that we've seen that was taken a few days after, um, it was already moved probably by January 19th. um, That couch had been moved for whatever reason, which is also another strange thing. But um, it does look like, I mean, the bullet rolls next to that wall, um, so, where were they moving it to? Where were they moving this rug? It kinda, That made me think they were moving the rug out the back door, not out the front door for it to have rolled that way, unless you got two people on one side, a smaller guy uh, on the north side, if you're looking at, at the house, I guess, or just looking at north and south on the diagram that we will show up here too. Um, It's just kind of weird how it rolls out and how it just lands in this area here. It's very, very curious to me. Now, we definitely know that they had to find a bullet for Rania, because at this point they didn't have one, but I'm jumping ahead here, sorry.
0: I'll continue on with the next uh, paragraph. Quote, at approximately 1,300 hours on 1-20-2015, Detective Brian Bowen reported Quote, Detective McKnight was contacted by the company cleaning up the Crowley residence at the request of David's father. The cleanup crew personnel notified Detective McKnight that they had discovered a bullet at the residence. They relayed to Detective McKnight that while picking up the rug from the main living room area, a bullet had come out of the carpet and fallen to the floor, end quote.
1: So that so pretty this much is, matches, right? It matches yep,
0: yep. Two things. And this is uh, January 20th, which would have been a Tuesday, 1300 hours. So we're talking 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Uh, David's father, you know, it looks like he's the one who arranged for this biotech emergency services to come in. They found it, and uh, and then uh, they found this uh, bullet and called Detective McKnight.
1: Now, looking at that bullet, the bullet comes out of the, of the carpet. How far could that bullet have rolled, I guess, too, was another, another question. Um, rolls almost perfectly, where you can see everything that you need to see with that bullet.
0: All right, I'll continue on. Detective Bowen photographed the bullet when he and Detective McKnight entered the house. Quote, I found that the bullet was lying approximately one foot 10 inches from the west wall of the living room, wrote Detective Bone, and approximately three feet one inch from the south corner wall, which leads to the dining area of the residence, end quote. It should be noted, Bone continued, that the bullet was predominantly flat on the back it was sitting on the front slash mushroomed portion of the bullet. The bullet appeared to be mostly intact at the time of our discovering it end quote
1: now I, I got to say when I first saw that bullet, you know it, it, the way that it mushroomed to me was kind of weird, but that's because I've never seen a bullet that has gone through a person or you know never seen a, a bullet in that uh, the way that it landed um, but I I think the one thing um, it was it was clean I remember I noticed that the bullet was pretty much very very clean and um, uh, sitting on the front mushroom bullet the bullet appeared to be mostly intact time of oh. discovering it so yeah there wasn't really that that much that much damage or anything done done to it it was just Kind there. And, and, oh, the other thing, here's the thing that I wanted to mention, um, was that nowhere in these documents does it say that the cleaning crew or anybody had touched this bullet. That's a, gonna be a very important piece when we get to the DNA. Um, it's very important to note that, that nobody says that they touched it, nobody picked it up or anything like, like that. Um, I just want to make that clear because I went back and I double-checked that to make sure.
0: And and Greg, it's important too, uh, you had mentioned earlier, the the investigators at this point, prior to this day, only had three bullets picked up from the scene, and there was three dead people, so they just assumed that each person was shot once. Uh, problem solved. And now they get this call saying another one was found. So it, it didn't necessarily leave them scratching their heads, but uh, it would have left them thinking, you know, was, was someone shot twice, and, and if so, uh, why?
5: Hmm.
0: And now we know that a, a month later, they find it, they get a call from another person that there's another bullet missing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the comedy continues. All right. So they find it. It's, it's, it's laying there. Uh, they discover it. They photograph it and whatnot. Now moving on, it says item 53-1 is a swabbing item from item 53. Is a swabbing from item 53. Hairs found on the bullet were labeled as item 53-2. This bullet contained a blood mixture of two or more individuals, with the major DNA profile matching Rania. Interestingly, David and Kemal were excluded from being contributors to the newly found bullet. Based on those results, authorities should have been looking for a second DNA Profile. Unlike some other results, it is not stated that 99% of the general population can be excluded from contributing to the blood mixture of item 53.
3: What I find interesting about that sentence is this bullet contained a blood mixture of two or more individuals. So they're talking about blood. From two or more individuals or Rania's blood mixed with DNA from two or more individuals
5: Mm. Um,
3: the way that it's stated I'm confused by this because and there's a reason why I'm trying to get to the bottom of this because for David's bullet It's stating that there was no blood found, but his DNA was found on it. And some are saying that it was his blood. On item 53? On item 57. This is why I'm trying to get the clarification for item 53 first. So that when we get to item 57, we can determine whether or not that was from skin cells, or if saliva, or whatever, or if it was legit blood.
1: Well, for item 57, it was not from blood. So anybody who says that it was doesn't know what what they're talking about, or needs to go back and just read these. Look at look at these documents here, and you can you can clearly see it. Um, for item 53, um, yeah, it does look. A, I'm not. I'm not sure, you're right, um, it's, hard, it's hard to tell if they're talking about blood on two or more, or if they're talking about just DNA. Now, the reason why I would assume blood is uh, based on the BCA 40-page um, report that we are also looking, here, looking at here too, um, because that does say that they found blood in one area of this bullet one area so how do you get a mixture of two or more people and you find blood in one area unless we're talking about blood in one area and then dna in one area but then again that would show that somebody had to put their dna on it and we know it wasn't david we know it wasn't david's wife this is one of two areas where we have missing (coughs) dna similar to the uh to the, to the notepad that was found in David's office. Could that be the same missing DNA? The same missing DNA that we see on item 53-1, is it the same person or persons? Because they're saying a mixture of two or more. It could be more people. And that
3: makes me curious about the blood that was found in the kitchen because it was never tested, but I'm assuming that's from the killer And if they would have tested it, then we would have been able to at least answer the question of the DNA and been able to see if it was also matching item 53 and the notepad and,
4: you know. Anyway, coulda, woulda, (laughs) shoulda. and what i find interesting on on actually both 53 and 57 but we're sticking with 53 tonight is where it states major profile would not be expected to occur more than once among unrelated individuals in the world population so in other words they're stating that that if um they're the way this is worded and what it says to me is that the other dna profile is coming from someone who is related Mm -hmm. to either the Crowleys or Camille's family, either Camille or David's family. Because if they wouldn't expect to find it more than once in an unrelated individual, that leaves a whole lot of other people. You know what I mean? In other words, hopefully you guys understand what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) That
3: leads me back to the gun safe and the type of DNA test that they ran on that. They were looking for a relative.
4: Correct. And when they say that David and Kamel are excluded and um, they're not expecting this DNA to come from an unrelated person, well, then what does that tell you? Uh, tell What What does that tell us in, in general? You know, it's like, hmm. And, and I agree, they should have taken it further. They should have tested a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.
3: I agree. <laughs>
2: Because only picking up guys off, uh, DNA off a fingerprint is about sixty-five to seventy percent of the time they'll get DNA off, DNA off a fingerprint, so they haven't disclosed if it's blood or or fingerprint DNA, right?
1: Mhm. Uh, good sure. question. Yeah, they should. So, I mean, they say they only found blood on one area of this bullet. Yeah, because
4: yeah, when I, when you look at that the photos of that um, fragment that that um, it is clean compared to the other fragments. You know, the, especially the ones that have Camel's hair and and blood and stuff on it. I mean, that looks like it went through someone's head. Sad but true. But you look at this one and and I'm hard pressed to see where it actually went through a body. It's very yeah. clean.
3: I agree, Catherine. I absolutely agree. And at least here they say they found blood on one part of the bullet, whereas you go to item 57, and they say that they didn't find blood on that bullet.
4: Correct. Yes, they found 57. DNA. Correct, right. Item 57 did not have blood.
3: So obviously, they were checking all over the entire bullet.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty interesting stuff there. I don't know what what to think what to think about that. Um, And I think a lot. You guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear it? Hello, William. I think he's having uh, trouble hearing us, but um, I'll let him know that we can hear you. So, William, it's your technical difficulties.
0: (laughs) Can you hear us, William? So what, uh, Greg, in the, in the comment in your book is very good here. It says, based on those results, the authorities should have been looking for a second DNA profile. And we don't have any evidence that they did no, any other second. further research or examination to see who that other person was. Dave and Kumail were excluded. We already know that Rania was the major contributor, which leaves us with who, yeah, who else. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. Welcome, William. Can you hear us?
1: Do, 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 do. I think he's working out. He's, he's got some gremlins over there trying to ah. stop him from, from joining us.
0: That's what happened. We've got one paragraph left. Should I wrap that one up, Greg? Yeah, sure. Final paragraph is, since authorities did not discover this spent round on their own, we Ooh. will never know where item 53 landed after allegedly killing Rania Crowley. What well, we know for sure Is that item 53 rolled out of the living room carpet on January 20th 2015. What we still need to know is the source of this missing DNA profile or profiles associated with this bullet.
1: Now I I would think that just this here would warrant a new investigation or to
4: continue
1: the investigation do we need to present to them to the AVPD do we need to to present to them some of the other do we need to find the DNA source for them I mean shouldn't they be looking for this DNA source why did they not it's not like there's just one there's obviously two here Who is, at this point at uh, january february fifteenth, 2015
2: who is who is in charge trying to
1: investigation rejoin. and who is who is looking at um this dna and saying well yeah there's somebody else here but we're not going to even go there i mean i would assume by looking at this that the investigation should have kept going on there should have been some type of follow-up to item 53 and to item 41 and we're not seeing that so the investigation cannot be closed it's, it could be one more reason why it's it's never closed why it's ruled exceptionally cleared but shouldn't the police put some effort into this now into finding these two DNA sources or are we what we're six six years later uh, is that just a lost cause at this point but how do they account for this missing, the two missing DNA sources? This is stuff that I wish I would have known when I, when we had the opportunity to ask Detective Gummer the 21 questions. It's things like this that make me very angry that it took so long for us to get this data. It was like stalling and stalling and stalling and even now there's still stuff that they're stalling me on after all of this time here, there shouldn't be any stalls here. If they believe David Crowley is guilty, they should be able to lay it out in black and white. And all we see is just a gray stage here. And that's why we are here. That's why we are looking for justice. That's why we will continue to look for justice for this family, because who else is gonna do it?
4: Right? Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, um, who would be responsible for that? If you know this, um, these results show up to the detectives. Would it be the responsibility of the detectives to say, "Okay, we need to start looking in a different direction," or is it the lab's responsibility? Do you know? Uh,
2: no, it'd be the it'd be the office of detectives, the police department, to drive that and. The answer to answer your question, we'd have to you know, take it as a PI case and get an attorney involved and write it up and, and try to submit it, you know, to the DA, you know, I and mean, it's about the only route and see if they reopen the case, but it's up to the cops to push any kind of, um, uh, evidence. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, the- this, this is Dan. If this was, once again, if we put it in terms of a court case... Uh, this missing bullet that was just found wouldn't be admissible in this case at all anyway so would they even be interested in pursuing it at, at all from a court from a legal perspective because uh, they can't do anything with it as is item 57 both of those would be inadmissible in a court case
2: what, what well I'm, you, are you sh- sure about that I mean they, they can, you know other evidence can be re- revisited you
4: know but the, since they were both found um and not um uh, the house had been entered by other people um yeah released and you've got all these other people coming out mm-hmm. in and out there's no way to prove at that point that those mm-hmm. were there and part of the, the original crime scene so I, w- I I agree with Dan that I think it would be really easy to have that tossed out both of them 53 and 50 sure
2: yeah defense you know defense would definitely try to toss it out I'm just not sure how the judge would rule on that um but spe- you know especially if it did have some other if it did have confirmed Camille's blood on there or Rania's or somebody else's blood touched the house they could probably move it up a little bit just based that they have evidence of victims' blood on that you know and who touched it after that they could they could go ahead and they can dis- they can disqualify the workers and such and get, you know, check their DNA and prints and such, but other people could have been in there they don't know about either. I, I mean, I do agree with you on that part, but, um, yeah, maybe if they found something, they should try to get it, you know, entered in evidence if it would help.
1: I mean, wouldn't that be new found, something that's new found if, if they don't, if there's nothing else on this? I mean, even though it's in these documents here, um, isn't this something that maybe they don't even know about? Well, we
0: pre- we made. presented some of this new evidence already, I think, to the Apple Valley and uh, the items that Catherine and Michelle uh, sent over to the Attorney General as well. So they're aware of the new information, are they not?
4: Yes, I sent them. I mean, it, it, a lot of stuff. I don't. I did not mention fifty item fifty three though, okay, but exactly. I did send them a lot of other stuff, and it has been crickets.
0: Hmm. And maybe, and maybe, the maybe. private investigator that was hired, uh, Kenneth Maines, didn't come across this either. It didn't, you know, didn't didn't stick in his craw after reading this, mm-hmm. uh, as worth mentioning at all. Yeah.
1: Well, is it is it worth, Catherine, maybe reaching back out to them and mentioning item fifty three? Did did you did you include item forty one and the, the missing DNA profiles there?
4: I'd have to go back and check. Um, on on those other particular items but I would be more than willing to do it and in even revisit item 41 I I don't remember if I included that I know I really focused on the um, multiple blunt force trauma mm-hmm. because that I mean yes there's photos of it but that was not mentioned anywhere um, but yeah I'll, I'll re redo an email and do a follow-up and then add this new stuff if if it, do you guys think that's a good idea. Stephen, is that something we should do now or should we wait?
2: I don't know, maybe we should we should Monday Monday morning quarterback this before we you know before we get any doors, you know, maybe shut up or show show our show our hand. Maybe we just got maybe basically write a report up and try to get an attorney involved. And I suggest that to help get us, you know, more documents and records.
4: I like that.
1: I like that. Well, I've got some notes here, um, because I was going over the BCA 40 page document here that I've got pulled up, and um, just trying to find little things, anything that I could find on item 53. And um, things that I didn't include in the book either, so I was a little uh, frustrated with myself today as I'm going through some of these items here to see what, uh, why, why I felt the need to either leave this out, or maybe it just you know it just wasn't that relevant. But looking at this stuff, um, obviously we know item 53 is not part of the uh, lab analysis request here. If you look at page one of this 40-page document, uh, which you can find on my website, and I think Dan, uh, I know you can find it in the in the group documents too. Um, and you may be able to find it on uglytruth.info, um, Dan Hinnan's website too. But you can see this ends at item 48. Um, so page, page 404. So these are four pages. These are all of the items that are, uh, going to be looked at by the, the Minnesota BCA. Speaking of that, does the Minnesota BCA have any uh, authority to reinvestigate to investigate, period, or are they just simply data collecting, documenting, showing, saying, hey, this is what we found, and that's it? I mean, is there any, would they be of any, any help um, to try to get the case reopened, or is that kind of a lost
0: cause? I think it, it, it could be, but but that's the group that's got the uh, inconsistencies with the metadata on the photographs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna be hesitant on doing anything, I think. I see.
1: Well, this four, this, uh, first, um, the first four pages, this is signed off by Joe Cooksley on 118, 2015. The, uh, a big thing to note here, I'm gonna go back up to page one, actually. Um, the estimated due date If you look at the estimated due date, um, these are some interesting dates that we do have here. So there's not much time. They're giving it a couple months for most of these things here, but there's not much time for them to find these extra bullets. And um, Because once they figure out, you know, let's let's say that they didn't have item 53 or item 57. They would only have bullets tied to David's wife. That's it. So it's really odd that all of a sudden, a few days later, they find a magic bullet rolls out of this carpet. One month later, they find a magic bullet in this attic. Um, they needed to find those. Whether they were just, you know, whatever the case is, I'm glad that they did find them. And I'm glad that they actually documented them. But in this 40 page document that we're looking at here, it's, it's, it's really brushed over, especially item 53. I would even argue item 53 is mentioned less than item 57, and we're gonna go through some of that here, too. So, um, uh, so yeah, so this, so the first one, only 48 items, that's all that they had when they left that crime scene. Uh, then they have this other analysis request form that is not dated. This is three pages long here, filled out by Detective Bone. And they found other items. When they said, this, is this a new case, they put no, which is accurate, because it's not. This is where they find item 53. The only thing they're going to test for is the nuclear DNA. Scrolling down just a little bit here, known DNA samples. I want to talk about the known DNA samples, because they put yes, and they put no. So they've checkmarked yes, and they've checkmarked no. And we're going to see later on that they have DNA samples for all three people. Maybe it's a typo, possibly. That would, that's the only logical thing that I can make sense of. But in the comments here, and again, this is not David. So you wouldn't really know that they're talking about item 53. You wouldn't know that they're talking about item 57. Based on the order of these documents in these 40 pages, I can only guess that they're talking about item 53. So this is a possible murder-suicide. I am submitting a found bullet from the scene after the BCA crime scene team left this scene. Test for DNA if possible. Questions, call me. And that's from Brian Bone. That is to Joe, Joe Cooksley. Very short, very brief. I mean, uh, there's just really not much here. So, is Joe Cooksley out of the loop here too? He says, "Okay, test for the for any DNA." Doesn't say what date that they found it. This document here um, is not dated. This three-page document is not dated. Um, Then we go down to page eight here, and this is where the nuclear DNA. tests are gonna be done here. This shows everything that they have tested as of 2-3-2015. Obviously item 57 is not going to be included on this, um, but whereas there were 48 items previously, and this is a four-page document, You know, now we're getting into items, um, there are 53 items. Item 50, 51, and 52 are known DNA are known blood samples from David, Kamel, and from uh, Rania. Where did these DNA samples come from? Are these DNA samples from the bodies at the crime scene?
3: They are. They took them when they did the autopsy.
1: They took known blood blood samples from the crime scene. From the
3: bodies during the, the autopsy. I got you.
1: Okay. Because, I mean, um, why weren't those included in the, in the first 48? In the first document, the first 48 documents... Because or, uh, they
3: hadn't completed, they hadn't done the autopsies yet.
1: Gotcha. They were still working on that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And once they got that, they just happened to also get item 53 at that same time, around that same time. Um, Now, here's the main thing here, looking at page 10. One area of item 53, that's where they found blood. So this says, presumptive testing indicated the presence of blood on the following. One area of 53. The presence of blood is in one area. Now, the way that I would read that would be that, okay, there's one blood source so how do you have two dnas how do you have two people here on one area this is what they looked at this is what they tested item 53 was tested for blood the way that i'm reading these documents if i'm if i'm wrong i'd love to be shown that um if you guys know you know of anywhere here i can't find anywhere else when they say that they swab 53 i can't find that they swab Anything else but this one area.
3: And this is why I really would like to understand how they swabbed item fifty-three and what this unknown DNA was. Was it touch DNA? Was it skin cells? Was it saliva? Was it what? Was it actual blood? Because. This is going to help us try to understand item 57 when we finally get to it.
4: Well, what I find interesting about um, that part in the report right there where it says that they found blood on one spot now Mm -hmm. if (laughs) you have a projectile going through a skull it should be all over not just in one area and and again that that fragment looks really clean so that's my question and for, because um, since we don't know and we can't see the quote unquote area of blood that that was found um, could it been a drop of blood that had been mixed who knows prior maybe somebody picked it up again we just we just don't know there's not enough information um, it's a very vague
1: that's probably why I didn't put a lot of that in in my book because it was you know what do we know what can we prove what did they find what is conclusive a, a lot of that I really tried to stick to that so that's probably why I barely mentioned item 53-2 which we can see here on uh, page 12
4: hey look there's 53-2 <laughs> apparent hairs and fibers were collected <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's where I got it. I do I got it yeah. from somewhere <laughs>
3: we found well, um when a hollow point mushroom it does it mushroom once it makes impact with with the body or the skull or a wall even does it impact at that time uh, i mean does it mushroom at that time or how does that punk, work punk, because
2: punk, mm-hmm. punk contact with the surface it'll mushroom Depending on how hard the surface is.
3: So if it went through Rania's skull, then it should have mushroomed by the time it exited? Correct. So it should be covered in her DNA, the entire bone, correct? correct?
4: And they only found blood
3: in one spot.
4: Yep, that's my point.
3: (laughs) So it should have had tissue, it should have had
4: here
0: yep.
3: yeah a lot of but it here. didn't
0: nope. brain matter
5: everything
0: it, yep. Huh. so does does that help us maybe
1: see close no. range far range uh,
2: <laughs>
1: this is another
2: rabbit hole <laughs> what if it's uh you know it just Say that you know the wing, it's winged or just barely touched her skin and just drew a little blood. And then when it went from maybe just barely touching her skin, I mean, should be more blood if it entered, entered any part of the body. But in the, it would mushroom if it hit the floor or the carpet, um, should be a lot more blood if it entered her body, though. That's for sure.
3: And they didn't find any stippling for Rania at all, so this was not an up close and personal.
4: Well, this is where the the idea, at least in my perspective, and oh, oh, we have, we have Stephen here um, because reading her autopsy report, it does state. Oh, where is her autopsy report? I, I brought it up here. Um, it states the wound is surrounded by an approximately 0.5 centimeter wide faint circular impression no evidence of soot stippling or unburned gunpowder particles is on the skin or bone surrounding the wound now could that have been a silencer or or, or what I mean we know it's surrounding the entrance wound this the circular faint impression but they don't find stippling or soot could that have been caused by a um, a silencer
2: hmm. You're still going to get um, powder out of the barrel, Okay. even though it's a silencer. So some, it still has to exit following the bullet. So okay.
4: So, so powder do you have? Powder... Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm so. sorry. I was going to say, do you have any idea what that faint circular impression could have been?
2: Yeah, they put. The, they may have put the barrel to her, against her head.
3: Okay. But there should be stippling, correct?
2: If they put it pressed it right against her head, maybe not, because it's so I'm talking right against the skin. All oh, the stippling just going to go inside. It wouldn't be t- t- tattooing or stippling on the outside. And if, she, and if her hair was down along that area too, that the, the hair would ab- absorb some of the stippling, I believe, not all of it, maybe a little bit. But the, the, the round, the round, circular, if it's fairly consistent and, and accurate, would be the barrel of the weapon possibly.
3: that's
4: horrible yeah thank you for explaining that because we've we've been wondering about this for a long time yeah
2: no problem
1: yeah so we know they have um, they still have that blood they've retained uh, the sample of David Kamel and Rania in their entirety that's good what else did I have here? I had a few other notes. Uh, let's see if I have any more. let end this off here. Uh, let's see. On page 14, so page 14, so finally here on page 14, um, this is where you, you can see they have now included item 54, 55, 56, and 57. So this is everything here. Um, what I find disturbing here is if we scroll down to the circumstances, uh, we're looking at page 14 of page 40 of the BCA lab analysis results here. Um, in the circumstances, they are sure to mention item 57 that they found on 2-18-2015, no mention of item 53, nothing. They go down here to the date and time processed. Again, they mention uh, 117, 2015 to 118, 2015. They give you the exact times of the processing. Nothing on item 53. They skip down to item 57, 218, 2015. They give you the times of those dates. Item 53 is completely out of this so far. That bothers me too. Why? If they're gonna mention item 57, why don't they mention item 53 here?
4: Yeah,
1: That's a big problem. That's a big problem that we have here. Um, I don't understand that. I really don't. Um, They're very careful to mention a lot of other things, to mention every person that's looking at this, et cetera, et cetera. It just, it just seems like some of these documents were filled out and then they were added on. So where we see in the circumstances, um, it just looks like from where it says on 2018, 2015, that was added later from the, the date slash time process from 1745 hours to 1945 hours on 218, 2015. It looks like that was added later Why didn't they add? They had time to add that. Why didn't they add anything about item 53? I I don't understand that. I don't understand that reasoning. Um, Even looking at page 15, they have the location, the items. There's no item 53 here. It's mentioned later on, yes, but it's not here. I don't understand this. I don't understand. It just makes me think that item item fifty three maybe um, I always thought item item fifty seven was the smoking gun. <laughs> maybe item fifty three is
3: <laughs> more. Of the I think smoking. that they actually both are. Yeah. In my opinion, maybe we should make this part of the conference call. Yeah, I think so. These two.
1: I think so. Which I do hope to do hope to get that set up here pretty soon too. what else did I have here oh the circumstances let me go back to the circumstances um, Sophia we had talked a little bit about this too the, the circumstances for what they say um, let me read this here they say that the investigative information revealed that the occupants of the home had not been in contact with anyone for weeks that's not true. That is completely not true. So either they don't know what they're talking about or they are lying. It can only be one of the two. Um, Sophia, can you kind of maybe um, explain a little bit about what, what you relayed to me earlier today about that?
3: Well, uh, we have a conversation between Camille and her friend. Uh, via text message, and that occurred on the 21st of December. Well, Camille replied in the morning of the 21st of December. Mm -hmm. And then um, we have David, who uh, he was going back and forth with Danny August Mason, and I believe the last time that he contacted him, I, I have to look at my messages that I sent you, okay. was, well, one second here, uh,
0: maybe the 6th, December 16th? December
3: 9th, well it was December 9th uh, that he last emailed Danny August Mason, uh, he emailed Jason Allen on December 17th, and then, um, Sorry for the thumbs up, Greg. That's okay. <laughs> I was trying to scroll down. And then supposedly we have the text message to Chris Peck about the pot, but we haven't seen any proof of that. And we don't see any proof on his uh, telephone reports saying that he sent out any text messages. So oh. But they made sure to include the emails and they made sure to include camels text stream to our friends so and and you didn't, would
1: think
3: that-
1: didn't david go to smashburger um sometime around then too in december
3: yes it was
1: december 21st okay well, he had, to, he had to speak with somebody there, so it's not like there's no communication. But weeks is the main thing here because they're saying weeks. If they're saying that these people, all three of them died on uh, December 26th, you've just given us three or four different dates, three or four different people here that spoke with him well within one week. So we're not talking about weeks here. But that's what we were led to to think that this was three three weeks, more than three weeks, this would have been four or five weeks, that nobody had talked with him. That's not true. We know that Sean Wright had also talked with, with David Crowley too, if we're to believe Sean Wright, which he is not a credible source, but just based on what he says, he's one of the last people to have ever talked with, with David. That was in I've seen no the, proof uh, of that. I mean, I'm just saying what, what he says, right? hmm so if he was one of the last people to talk with David and Hendrix, um also said, you know, cause I questioned him uh, about that too. And he said, Sean was one of the last people to talk with them. Um, that, uh, that was around December 16th, somewhere around that area, right Dan? Do you remember um, any verification on that? Or did Sean write? I know he said he was David's, uh, the Rolodex. <laughs> Personal <laughs> Rolodex. Personal Rolodex, whatever the hell that, that means. But, um, I mean, if he's talking to David there on the 16th, obviously that's not weeks. You know, that's, uh, I mean, that's 10 days. So, um it's just you know and you have david they they pick up their daughter on the on the 19th so uh, this communication no one has been in communication with them it's just one little sentence but it's you know where where are they getting this stuff from why are they writing this things like this it's just it's very frustrating
4: uh, and i took it <laughs> I took it to mean something completely different. Oh, gosh, sometimes I swear I'm an alien. Um, (laughs) when, When it says that they haven't been in contact with anyone for weeks and that a dog was active within the house, I took that and I understood that to mean that weeks from the time that the bodies were found. But see, to me, that means weeks being two. So that means that somewhere around January 1st, somebody had to have had contact with them which means that they weren't dead at Christmas time so that's where my brain went with it
1: oh I see well they I mean they say because there was no activity past December 26th they, they think that that's the date that everybody was was dead
4: oh, oh, right but and that's where um, I think we uh, we as a group um, can state that the lack of consistency within their time frame is is like appalling um, because when for me the 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 key part of that sentence isn't just the weeks but that the dog was active within the house oh, no wait since so that the dog was active in the house upon arrival so you're correct so I I could have obviously just read that wrong but for me it still states that either they're saying that um, they're inadvertently stating that there was contact somewhere around the 1st of January with this family, or they're saying that there was no contact with that family, like how you understood it, um, weeks before the 21st. So sure. what is it? Are, it's a month and a half. You know, there's a huge month, month, month and a half time frame that they are leaving it completely wide open to anyone's interpretation. There's nothing is concise. Nothing is, is explained.
1: Yeah, yeah, this investigative information uh says, you know, that they didn't make contact with anybody weeks. Uh, I I definitely took that to mean uh de- December 26th, giving them the giving them the benefit of the doubt. I I, I kind of even think maybe it, it, that it's possible that they were dead well before that date too, but let's just say that it's December 26th. Everybody's dead. Obviously, if it's in January, we you know <laughs> that makes sense for that they haven't been in contact with anybody for weeks because they were dead for a couple weeks <laughs> between. <laughs> time. But if we go by their logic, by what they're saying, by the December twenty twenty-six, we we know that they were that David's wife was in contact with somebody on December twenty-first. That's days. That's not weeks. And then we, we, you know, we got the other people that they were also in, in contact with too. Now I have to remember too. By this point, they don't have. I will have to go back and make sure they don't have the phone records that show that, you know, no, no, they had their calls. There hadn't been any calls made until, uh, what was it, November? Sophia, is that right? All right,
3: David. It was after Thanksgiving in November.
1: Right. Right. So that's that's a whole other issue there. So it's not it's not uh, like it's a big deal for me because obviously they're not in, you know they're not calling people. Um, he's online chatting. He's online doing things. He's sending messages to people online. He's meeting with people. He's picking up his daughter. He's going to Smashburger. He's doing. Okay. Things.
3: We actually don't know that David was the one who went to Smashburger. Somebody could have taken his card. Camille could have even used his card. True. We're just assuming that it was David who went to Smashburger.
1: Somebody went to Smashburger with with their Mm -hmm.
0: card. Definitely. Correct. his, His card was charged on December 21st thirty-some dollars of purchases at Smashburger in Apple Valley Mm -hmm. we don't know who physically went there and got what
3: Dan have you ever eaten at Smash Burger no Um, okay I'm just trying to figure out would $20 be for two people
0: or Uh, one? it it was 30 and I would and I was and I would oh. say that's kind of high, and so that would be a group of a group of people, and that's what you know. People have suspected that it wasn't David and his family at all. It was a bunch of guys ordering burgers uh, with David's okay. card. So.
3: Well, the reason why I asked was because if we go to like five guys here, just my daughter and I, it's, it's like twenty five, twenty six dollars, and. That's just usually two drinks, two burgers, and a fry.
0: Okay, okay. So that's, that's so Texas. That's
1: your Texas prices there.
3: <laughs> 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 so that's why I was kind of wondering if it was, if it was one person eating, or are they pretty affordable? <laughs> I, I was just trying to see if it was how many people would have gone to eat there.
0: I'm guessing that was a meal for, for, for two to two to three people.
3: Okay. Okay, then that makes sense. Now um So we're looking at the twenty first uh, mm-hmm. for last known activity. Okay. Besides David's little note <laughs> saying six days until the first or something. The the meme no nope. six days till christmas
1: or was that six days till new year i forget yeah i know to the it, new year Till to the new year okay which looks like it was a five change to, to six by the way <clears throat> so it's yeah. pretty interesting too that might line up with their with their timeline and
3: i be- believe the last Phone call that Camel or David, because it could have been either, uh, made was to Wells Fargo, and that was to, um, this is my guess, my best guess, transfer money over, for the house payment to be made, because that was the one thing that bounced.
1: The house payment bounced.
3: It did in December, and then money was transferred over, and it went through.
1: That's interesting. No no other bounces that we know of. mm
3: -mm. No. Usually David was really good about transferring money over, and that month, I guess it was forgotten because both he and Camille made their own transfers to that account Mm -hmm. from their other accounts.
1: that's weird
3: and I'm assuming that Camel made the call because it was her phone and the money supposedly came from her account
1: well I got um, page 21 pulled up here and uh, this is where I had assumed we would see item 53 it's not here um i haven't i need to go back and look at all of the other diagrams cuz there are several of them so but th- this one is the one that's in their 40-page document this is the the uh, official one here so if if item 53 is going to be in any of the diagrams it should be here now i need to go back and see if it's in if it's in the ones the the drawn Diagrams. It might be there. I'm not 100% sure. But looking at this, um, if you, I'm just going to, with my cursor, I'm going to show where item 53 was. And this is where item 53 should have been found. And as you can see, there's no item 53 there. There's item 57. So if they didn't include item f- 57, I, I would say, okay, well, that makes sense. But the fact that they include item 57 and not item 53 frustrates me. Why would you right, not include that, that one?
5: And, and just to, like, I just want to piggyback off what Greg is saying about this page 21 of 40. It's, I think it's pretty important. Okay, so I was looking over um, some of the reports on the bullets while you guys were talking. There are three bullets with white substances on them. Hmm. Uh, one is item 45, which is the bullet that went in the south wall, one is mm-hmm. item 53. And then the other bullet was item 57, so the bullets with white substances had contact with a wall or ceiling. And then if you read the page 21 out of 40 that Greg is referring to, it says in here, um, a hole was observed in the south wall of the open area. This is item 45. Chemical testing of the area around the hole failed to detect the presence of lead. However, a bullet, item 45, was retrieved from inside of the wall near the hole. Additional holes were also observed on a removable ceiling tile and the wood ceiling above the tile near the hole in the wall. On the other side of the wood ceiling was the wood floor from the living room underneath the area rug. Holes were observed in both the area rug and the wood floor underneath the rug. Chemical testing of the hole in the wood floor also failed to detect the presence of lead. So that item 53 could be very well connected, um, as Greg was saying.
1: I think it's connected maybe to item 45, something similar.
5: 45, because they're seeing holes in the rug. And on the other side of this wall is the area rug where item 53 was eventually found. That's
1: true. Yeah, so item 45.
5: And item 45 had white substance on the bullet, as did item 53.
1: If they don't put item 45 on here either
4: I think 45 is on the next one where it shows that the bottom half of the house but you know it to me it would always make sense because it looked like they shot into the floor through you know so they're they're aiming the gun toward the floor um and it, of course we've got that rug so it goes through the rug it then goes through the floor which then goes through the the acoustic tile which then enters into the wall so if you know that trajectory makes sense so since it ends up in the wall it's going to have the white powdery substance on it At 57 it supposedly goes through the scene well it does it goes to the ceiling so that makes sense white powdery substance but number 53 and they're saying that that's supposed to be connected to ranya and it goes through a you know the the head and it has white powder on it really yeah that doesn't make sense
1: no i mean it kind of lines up this defect here the defect in the in the floor it kind of lines up with where Rania is but that shows where the killer would have to be standing Um, I don't know that's yeah that's interesting well
4: and since they didn't do either a rod test or a laser test or string or you know thing we have no idea really the trajectory all we know is that they're saying you know there's a hole through the rug which then matches up with the hole in the floor which then you know leads you to, to this other path and I'm so frustrated with him
1: I know me too I mean I'm sure everybody listening to this is and we just you know we're not we're just trying to figure out what really happened here that's the most important thing Um, but uh, Steven I mean wouldn't you think that the police would um, I mean once they know that there is item 53 wouldn't they want to get more of the details to say, okay, this person was standing here, this person was standing there? Find out more about where exactly these people were when the rug when when the bullet rolled out of this rug to kind of help them understand uh, something to where they would know, you know, to get some type of area of see where the where item 50, 53. Uh, was really found on this rug we don't have any documentation we don't have any police reports saying that okay I spoke with both of, of the guys who lifted up that rug this guy was standing here the second guy was standing there they watched it roll out you know and it rolled out here it's everything's just very vague when it comes to item 53 Shouldn't there be more? Yeah, I
2: mean, we we I mean, we talked about it possibly you know these things being placed in there after the fact. I mean, you know, it's, it, you know, you got the spent casing and you don't have a bolt, and then you got two bullets, and then you had a um a, a, a round, a live round on the floor at one time. It just doesn't make sense. Um, it, they, they they could have went back in there and and, and you know re-investigated that. You know, like you said sp- speak to the people that found the the bullet you know it's it's, there's marks on the floor of the carpet they could they could they could certainly probably line the carpet back up with the hole and any kind of damage to the floor underneath it that wouldn't be very difficult and maybe trace that back to um, where the you know uh, caliber was ignited you know where it was shot from
1: should there be a supplemental report of... Sure, you
2: know, yeah. Them
1: ...going through that and saying... Yeah,
2: I mean, abs- no, abs- absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, just case, case, cases closed can be reopened any time. I mean, there's no statute of limitations on homicide, if we can prove that. Right.
1: That's interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, the, whole, that, the whole thing with the bullet really... That's why I was confused in the beginning. I didn't read my notes. I apologize, but, um, that the, you know, 53 doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't.
1: Um, but here on page 20, 22, uh, they finally do mention item 53. They, you know, they have 50 through 53. Um, who it was submitted by, not who it was found by, which is different than the other items. But that's okay. At least they're they're talking about it now. It's in the conversation. Um, item fifty three is included in the nuclear DNA section, and it's also included in the firearm section. so uh, this is um, this is that's the eleven page document there. so I mean any anyone any supervisor, any people you know people that are reading that, any news reporters, fake news reporters that have access to all of of this stuff, if they're not looking. For anything, if they're just reading it, you know, they're not going to read that much into it because item 53 is not mentioned much. But to a journalist, to people who really care about what happened here, to people who understand what item 53 is, it's a big deal that it's it's just glossed over, uh, glossed over more than item f- 57 from what I can see here. Um, I find it interesting here, page 23. Is just the item 52, which is Rania's blood sample. So it isn't like you know um, uh, 50 and 51, which is David and David's wife. That's their blood sample. It's just weird that we have this one document here, dated 316 2015, that only mentions one item, item 52. I'm not sh- not sure what's going on there. Uh, it just looks like a lot of backtracking here. That they're kind of saying, okay, item 52 is a single source composite DNA profile, indicated as a female, was obtained by comparison to other samples in this case. So when we say, when when I ask where did Rania's DNA come from, the reason why I don't believe it came from her autopsy is because they never confirmed Rania's autopsy. They never confirmed that that was her body. It's circumstantial. So that's that's a big deal. Now, maybe I got that wrong and if I got that wrong, I hope somebody will help me understand because I want to get it right, you know. Um, whatever whatever the truth is, I want to make sure that I get it right. But the way No, that,
3: you are You're correct. They never actually confirmed her. They just do that. But the blood sample did come from the body that was in the autopsy.
1: Okay. so they're wording this in a certain way here. I mean, it's like they have this item 52. They don't even mention Rania's name here. Um, I mean, they they do at the at the top. You know, it's a known blood sample of Rania, but the results of the DNA profiling, with an asterisk (laughs) next to it, um, was performed on item 52, and the DNA results is a single source composite DNA profile. So they're testing her body, and they just kind of assuming that it's her? Or? I'm a little confused by this. And I'm sure people that understand this terminology know exactly what they're talking about, but, but I don't, <laughs> obviously.
3: Well, I do have a question for Steven in regards to this. Do they normally just take blood from the bodies even though they haven't been positively ID'd? And do DNA tests from that? against items found at a crime scene? Or would they take like known toothbrushes and hairbrushes and use that DNA?
2: They would use it all. If you don't have an ID in the body, you'll John Doe that one, John Doe, Jane Doe, and um, try to match everything up under the John or Jane Doe until they identify the bodies. But they'll collect the evidence and mark it best they can. And the you know, toothbrushes and such like that, Definitely, they would collect them separately and then and, and match your DNA up with any kind of blood DNA or anything else. But they'll they'll John and, and uh, Jane Doe the bodies, but they'll still collect everything.
3: Interesting. And we don't see that at this crime scene. They didn't take those items.
2: I know it's unbelievable. They only- I mean, they, they sh- if sh- anything that goes in your mouth, I mean, they you know even si- even silverware that's not washed, maybe laying on the counter. I mean, anything. I, I I do agree. This is I, I, it's it's lousy, shoddy police work. But there's more to it than that. There's too many things. Too many. And this is a this is a you know three three dead bodies. It's a triple homicide, as we look at it. And you know um, and everything's a homicide in the beginning. They um, wow. I mean it's, it's it's a it's a it's a cover up. I mean it, there's there's just no doubt. I, it's, a, it's a cover up. I mean, do,
1: do, do they always start when they when police walk into these crime scenes? Are they trained to think, you know, um, this is a double murder suicide? I mean, I've always had that that issue of why, how they came to that conclusion so quickly, so quickly.
3: Well, it was from the very start. It was okay. from,
1: from the very first nine one one call. that's where it starts and it never really it never really changes from that. Even though we have we've gone through all of this all of these documents, all of this stuff that doesn't show up. You
2: know, oh, I'm sorry. I never listened to that nine one one call. Brief me real quickly. Did they say did the, the caller say it looked like a the murder suicide is that what the caller yeah, said is that what know, you one ask? of the very first things really That's i didn't know that true. oh my god yeah
1: so it's yes. you know it's a murder or so, a, a
2: suicide, suicide.
3: yeah
1: but it, but if it's a suicide it wouldn't it be i mean there's three bodies there so why would you say a murder or a suicide be a murder murders mm-hmm. or suicides I, it's I don't know it's if I
2: have if I looked through that window I would have thought homicide three murders so I wouldn't thought suicide not you know I'm not even close just from you know if the guy looks peek through the window and there's no way I mean
4: I,
3: right I, here it's like uh, she's like ah yes this is Judy Park now I live at uh, Ramsdale Drive I'm leaving out her her address uh, the nine one one operator says yes and Judy then told the dispatch I think there has been a murder or suicide next door.
2: Wow that's yeah it's, that's jumping early. It's pretty early. Yeah mm-hmm. it's real especially for somebody who isn't trained or anything I mean it's, I mean even myself the former officer if I peeked through the window I wouldn't have thought suicide I mean there's just three bodies it's, me, it looks like I call them call a murder until proven otherwise. You know. Yeah,
1: and that's you know that's just some some neighbor. Um, but what do the police find? What what do they find to say? Oh yeah, this looks like a murder or a suicide. A murder and a suicide. You know, um, there's there's nothing there. We've we've gone. Well, through.
2: they did. Go ahead. Do, 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 the police department was familiar, or at least officers were familiar, with David prior to this.
1: Y- yes, they had been called. Yes. Yeah.
2: Right. Did they know? Did they were they aware that you know, he was doing the, the deep state stuff or anything else? I mean,
1: they had they had friendly friendly talks with with David. Um, from what I hear, some of the cops, because back in sep- September of two thousand fourteen, David had a garage sale, and he was selling Mm. some military stuff, you know, movie, movie prop stuff, basically. Right. And so one of the neighbors called the cops, and so the cops showed up, and I guess some of the cops actually ended up buying some of those props. So You know, there was nothing. There was nothing bad there. There was a neighbor, um, a young kid, and maybe maybe Anne or Dan or, or Sophia or Catherine know more about this. Uh, um, it's a, it's a video that we we don't talk that much about. But we, we probably should. There was a young kid who um, you know talked about David and said that you know he did not think that David had. Committed this this crime, and Judy Prock now called him autistic, and was basically putting this kid down. And it's like it's just really weird, really weird stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. The the actions of so many people, you know, who claim to be David's friends or David's neighbors and stuff like that. It's just it's just really odd the way that they acted. But um, even if we discount Wait, all of that, go ahead. Well, it's it's
3: also how they're still acting is because if you're on Reddit or Instagram or anything and you talk about this case, boom, she pops up and she tries to control the narrative immediately. It is the freakiest stuff ever, and that's why we try not to say her name because it, oh, it's, it's like a moth to a flame. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and okay. then you I, it goes from her trying to control the situation to then attacking
1: yeah which she and has, has no no facts to back any of this stuff up is not looking at any of the stuff will not debate any of these factual documents the actual document i don't know if she's even read them you know she only spoke with david once twice maybe um she i mean she even no admits, admits that,
3: that she didn't even know him
1: Yeah, no, she doesn't know anything. She's almost, I mean, the only relevance, from my view, the only relevance she has to this case is this call, the 911 call, and the fact that the Gray State goons have taken advantage of of her, talked bad uh, about her, and pretty much have tricked her into whatever, whatever she thinks is really going going on. But, I mean, though, she's some, She's one of the people that thinks that there was a pact theory that David and his wife um, had this pact to kill himself and to kill their daughter. At the same time, she'll say that the official theory is right. You can't have it both ways. The official theory states that this was a double murder suicide. If there was a pact, that is a double suicide and a murder. So even that logic just it's just that's why people should not even take her seriously. Just and the
3: crazy thing is, she sits there and spouts all this crazy stuff about David and then she had allowed her grandchildren to play over there.
1: Yeah, it's it's completely
3: unsupervised slander. by her. I mean it, it, that's it's just crazy. If he was somebody who was so unstable and stuff like that, why are you letting your grandchildren play over there? Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, or, or not even know him or speak with him, but you're allowing your grandchildren to go over there. That's that's crazy. I mean. Okay. Allow them to play in the backyard where you could see them and you can see what's going on. Or at least go over there and strike up a conversation and get to know that person before you allow your grandchildren or anybody to go into that house that's part of your family. I mean, if, I totally would not have ever allowed anything like that to happen
1: no, that
3: ridiculous. without knowing the person.
1: Uh, let's see, what else do I have here? Um, okay, page 31. Let's go to page 31 here. 31. Okay, so 31. These are the results of the firearm. Because I was trying to see, okay, they say David's gun fired item 53. So let's see what they have. What evidence do they have? Now, in the BCA 488 document, you'll find probably a lot a lot of more of the actual details of this here. But just looking at what they have, what they finalized based on everything that they find, et cetera, et cetera, this is what they say. They say that item item one did fire um, item 50, 53 okay so that's great based on what that's where it gets a little tricky here because they have a hard time I know we're going to talk about item 57 on another show but they have a hard time connecting item 57 to that gun and they use item 31 which is a bullet fragment which is completely weird too Um, but they don't really explain how do they prove that item one fired item 53? The only thing that they mention is that when they looked at item 53 and these other bullets, tier two, um, that they showed them to be consistent with bullets from a Winchester PDX-1 brand cartridge. Okay, how does any of that prove that item one, which is the gun fired item 53, the bullet that we're talking about here. I'm not seeing it. Are you guys seeing anything? What would you, let me ask wait, you this. Wait, wait, wait. What would you oh. need to to see in order to prove that um, item 53 was fired from David's gun? What should I look for?
3: Wait. Items, test fired cartridge from item one were entered into Minnesota firearms database. Search failed to reveal any items matched item one. If future searches of the database.
1: Yeah, I was I was interested. Maybe you can read that and we can get Steven's view on that if you want to read that sentence or that paragraph there.
3: I I, I I did not see. I'm I'm reading it off of the <laughs> Phone, but I'm having a hard time seeing it.
1: Yeah, it's it's. Ugh. I was baffled by that one too. Um,
3: items the... of a test-fired cartridge case
5: mm-hmm. from
3: item one were entered into the Minnesota Firearms di- uh, Database. A search of the database failed to reveal any items that matched item one. Right, and the, uh, the... my guess is if it was fired in any other
2: crimes crime right that's what it is it's, it was used another crime gotcha correct
3: and then it says at, at the very top item one springfield armory xd 40 yada 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 fired items two three nine thirty thirty six and thirty seven parentheses six 40 caliber cartridges, and items 42, 43, 44, 45, 53, and 57
1: six bullets. Based on what? Yeah, they
3: were okay. They were matching the cartridges and the bullets that were found at the scene.
1: Right, they but were, how did they prove? I mean, look at how much time would they spend time to to try to connect item 57 to item one, they have to use item 31 in order to to do that. So what do they use to connect item one to item 42, 43, 44, 45, and and,
3: and 53? It's not here. Is it in the large BCA report? The information of how they matched these bullets
1: up—that would have to be, yeah. In the BCA four eight eight, they would have th- those images would have to be there to show. Okay, well, we we match this because if you shoot a gun from if you shoot a bullet out of this gun, uh, these markings should be there. So that's what we should look
4: for then, I guess.
3: Right. That second to last paragraph where it said images of a test fire cartridge, I'm guessing that they took this test fire cartridge and matched the rifling marks against all the ones that were up in this first
1: paragraph. But if they did that, they wouldn't need that. They wouldn't need item 31 to match item know. 57. That's a whole other issue. I know that's yeah. a whole other thing. Um, just trying to stick to item fifty 53. So, what what we should find, and we'll go through the uh, later on. We'll go through the BCA 488, and uh, maybe we'll come back at a separate time and try to figure out. Um, okay, well, this is how they were able to take these test bullets, the cartridges that were fired, the bullets that were fired from item one, and we should find evidence that they matched it to 42, 43, 44, 45, and 53. So those images should be in the BCA four eight eight document. So I'll make sure I'm gonna make a note here to try to go through those. Um just looking at some final thoughts here unless anybody has any final thoughts. I hope I'm glad you're all still with me. I'm sorry for making this so late. I do apologize for that. Um, but I'd like to get some final thoughts from everybody just regarding item 53. Um, I don't think I have anything else from my notes. I think I've covered pretty much everything I wanted to with item 53.
2: Well, I, I'd like to say is that with shoddy police work, the crime scene was messy. Um, I think they were, it was above their pay grade. If there were, if it's a straight shot with investigation, I'm. I'm, they should have stayed in there. I mean, they it, it, it should have looked hard. I mean, there's so many things they didn't do. It just wasn't thorough. All
1: right. Anybody else? Final thoughts? No, but
4: I just... I um, think- I- I just want to say that I'm I'm glad you uh, brought this up because I had not really paid much attention to item 53 at all, but after reading this part in your book tonight and then going through all the reports, it was like, whoa, it, it's, it's much bigger than what, I mean, I, I didn't even glance at it until now, so thank you. I think that we need to actually make a
3: post about this in the group. Thing see if we can get some more people to kind of brainstorm in regards to this.
4: Okay.
1: All right. Um, Ann or Dan, any final thoughts here before we shut this one down? I'll stop this recording soon here.
5: I don't have any thoughts, you guys. have done a great job covering everything. And thank you for your hard work continuing to investigate the Crowley case.
1: Thank you, my friend.
5: Was
3: William ever able to join
1: us? No, he was not able to, but um, I do hope to get him on um, on our next podcast, which we will be covering. We'll be staying on this chapter, um, and we'll be talking more. That chapter kind of jumps around, so in our next show, um, we will be focusing more on item 57, how we even get to know that there was an item 57, and then we'll talk more about... All of the strange things with item fifty-seven. So I do look forward oh to, to that one. That'll be a fun show.
3: We might have to break that up into a couple shows. I think so.
1: I think so. I mean, you know, I had, I thought we would go maybe about forty-five minutes, fifty minutes on this, and I think we're about at the two-hour mark. So oh, <laughs> I'll, good lord! I'll, I'll go ahead and stop this recording here now. Um, but I want to thank everybody for joining us and. Uh, Don't forget, on the first of every month, we will have a new podcast. So, thank you all.
2: Hey, hey, thank you, Greg.
1: Murder at 1051 Ramsdale Drive. What happened to David Crowley, his wife, and his daughter? If this was truly a double murder-suicide, why did investigators fail to prove David Crowley guilty? Where is the evidence David Crowley killed his wife and daughter? Where is the evidence David Crowley killed himself? Within 24 hours of finding the bodies of David Kamel and Ranya Crowley, the Apple Valley Police Department were treating the incident as a double murder-suicide. Authorities cannot prove David wrote Allahu Akbar in his wife's blood on the living room wall. Authorities cannot prove, David wrote, I have loved you all with all of my heart on a laptop in the kitchen. Authorities cannot prove, David wrote, Open the Rise, most recent version, submit to Allah now on a notepad in his office bedroom. Authorities cannot prove the dog trapped inside the house ate David's right hand, both of Kamel's hands and their daughter's right arm, since dog feces tests were never done. Authorities did not know about a bullet that rolled out of the living room carpet until they were notified by the cleaning company two days after the bodies were found. That bullet would later be tied to Rania Crowley. Authorities did not see the bullet hole in the living room ceiling or the bullet in the attic above until they questioned David's friend a month after the bodies were found. Authorities did not find a motive to support their accusations against David Crowley. Authorities did not find David's blood on any of the bullets at the crime scene. Authorities do not know when David, Camel, and Rania Crowley died. What we know for sure is that David Crowley has not been proven guilty. A simple truth it really is this simple either you believe david crowley is innocent or you believe he is guilty if you believe david crowley is guilty you are wrong if you believe david crowley is innocent you are right it really is that simple a united states army veteran is dead his wife and his five-year-old daughter are dead A thorough investigation would only conclude with authorities admitting they lacked evidence to support their accusations. If authorities were to admit the case remains unsolved, they would also have to admit that the public may still be in danger. I am not able to solve this case. My interest is in forcing authorities to admit David Crowley is innocent. The reason they refuse to talk about this case is not because they are confident of David's guilt. They lack confidence in their allegations. Their department wishes to move on, but they are only lying to themselves. They must know the simple truth, and they need to publicly admit this. Their credibility depends on it now. The unspoken truth is that David is innocent until proven guilty. Why are authorities running from the simple truth? How long do they think they can run for? You cannot run from God. You cannot run from your nightmares and you cannot run from the facts why would anyone want to what could possibly motivate someone to try if you cannot prove david crowley guilty then he remains innocent it's as simple as that so the resistance we face is disgusting if david was guilty the evidence would be right in our faces if david was guilty resistance to our questions would not exist If David was guilty, facts would be evident. There are no facts to prove David guilty. There are only facts which prove David innocent, hence the resistance to getting justice for David Crowley and family. Who cares? Do the people who closed this case and decided to not speak about it ever again really care? Do the friends who accused David Crowley of being guilty days after his body was found really care? Perhaps they only care about spreading the accusations of David's guilt instead of researching the facts of this case. They don't seem to care about the facts which prove David innocent. Truth is a simple thing. Justice does not die. Facts prove David is innocent.